Gateway Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Church Lady, and I'm so glad you are listening today. This episode is brought to you by no one, because this podcast is completely free, just like one of our workouts. Core principle number one of F3, it is free, so we eliminate barriers to entry. Anyway, today's podcast features an interview hosted by Flopper. He sits down with Tarmac, where they will discuss his early days in F3, skydiving, grow ruck, and much more. Without further delay, let's turn it over to Flopper and Tarmac. Welcome to the F3 Gateway Podcast, where we leave no word behind. My name is Flopper, and I will be your cue today. This is episode one, and our first guest is Tarmac. Tarmac, how are you doing? Doing great today, Flopper. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you can make it here. So how long have you been going to F3? Been here since March 25th, 2001. 2021. Uh, got a little over 100 posts under my belt uh, this last year and looking to accelerate a little bit more than that this year. That is fantastic. So who EH'd you? How did you find out about F3? Misfire EH'd me. Our, almost, our houses are almost uh, directly behind each other and we share an alley. Our kids are about the same age um, and they played sports together. Knew him for, for a couple of years and um, he sent me a couple of texts about this new workout thing that he was doing uh, called F3. Looked into it a little bit on the website and read up on it a little bit and decided, uh, why not? I'll give it a shot. That's awesome. So how did you get your nickname, Tarmac? I lucked out there because uh, Misfire was gracious enough to give me a heads up that uh, we received nicknames in F3. So he said, you know, you might try and stay away from your college sports teams or something like that because you might end up with something that you really don't like. Um, and so he said, bring an embarrassing story. And I thought the night before of, of how I could come up with a good nickname, right? And decided really at the end, uh, brought it up to my wife and she said, you should tell <laughs> the skydiving story. When I got there, I got, got into the circle, uh, absolutely got smoked during my first beatdown. And um, it, it came naming time. And I almost slipped up because when, I, when they first asked me to introduce myself to the group, uh, I, I started to say, my name is Drew. And then I said, no, wait. I said, you're talking to Drew's ghost. They said, Drew died during that Indian run <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and uh, I thought for a second, somebody threw out the name ghost and it, it was going to stick. And, but I quickly pivoted into, into the, uh, the story. And it was at the time that my brother and my best friend decided uh, right before I got married that as a bachelor party type gift uh, or a best man gift for me, that we would go skydiving. And uh, the story is that the three of us were going to go, little rinky-dink skydiving crew uh, out of Fulton, Missouri, I believe. And um, the three of us were going to go, and it was one guy, his plane, and an instructor. And we were going to go tandem, and so the guy was going to instruct us how to do this all together uh, while we were standing on the ground. And I was the, the first one to go, so he has me sit on the edge of this plane, and I'm sitting in the, in the, in the door. And he says, okay, when we're up there, I'm going to be clipped into you. And he's tugging on this harness that I've got around, around my shoulders. And I feel this weird tension and I hear a click. And for some reason, the tension doesn't go away. So I've somehow assumed that he has connected me to this airplane. And he says, okay, you're going to be here. Your feet are going to be here. The door is going to be open. The wind's going to be flying. He said, you won't be able to hear me. And here's how we're going to fall out of this airplane correctly so that I don't hit my head and pass out, you know, 
knock myself out on the way down. So he's going through this instructions, cross your arms, right? And so he's standing in front of me and I'm crossing my arms and he says, okay, now I'm going to tap you hard on your right shoulder, roll your, roll your shoulder and, and lean and fall out of the plane. Somehow thinking I'm connected to this thing, I do that. I realize I'm not. Uh, in the split second that, it, that my fall reflex starts to kick in and I face plant into the pavement uh, in front of my best friend, my little brother, uh, their girlfriends, my future wife, all of our parents, who I, I don't know how we assumed uh, amassed this audience in front of us. Uh, and it took us about 10 minutes to stop laughing. The guy said, it, that was perfect, but I've never had anybody face plant into the tarmac before. And uh, so tarmac stuck. That is fantastic. So how was how was skydiving? Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I'll, um, I don't know that I'll do it again. Uh, my free fall was a little shorter than uh, my little brothers and my my best friend. Uh, they they were I had about a hundred pounds on them at the time, so uh, my trip was a little faster than theirs. But it was uh, it was very exhilarating. I think I've got the the video and the pictures to prove it. But I don't know that I'll go back up again. That's a great story. I, I love it, uh, and it's a it's a great nickname. So uh, where was your first post at, and who cued your first beat down? I can almost picture the entire morning. Um, despite the lack of oxygen that I received during, during my first beatdown. Uh, we were at the bear pit. It was a Thursday morning. The bear pit had just opened a couple of weeks before. Um, they'd done some black ops stuff there ahead of time, but it was, it was one of the first official beatdowns uh, at, the, at that AO. Bus stop was our queue. I walked up, found Jeff, uh, was immediately welcomed in, into the circle, uh, and then things got weird after that throwing names of things and so I'm looking to my left and my right and figuring out how we're going to stretch what we're going to do get stretched out and uh, bus stop says okay time for the Indian run at the time I was pushing 260 pounds uh, and Indian runs weren't my thing (laughs) Uh, we did an Indian run from the boathouse down to the tennis courts where we played a game of uh, bird dog we had glow-in-the-dark tennis balls that we paired off. One packs would throw the ball, the other packs would go chase it while the first guy was working on uh, a, a certain exercise. And I think it was like 100 push-ups, uh, 200 sit-ups, and then if we got through that, we were supposed to do 300 burpees or something ridiculous. Um, during the course of the Indian run, uh, Misfire and I get, get separated. And so I'm paired up with a guy that I have no idea who he is. Turns out the guy's name is GPS. Couldn't have picked him out of two guys standing in front of me after this beatdown, right? It's dark. It's cold. I can't breathe. Um, And so we start this exercise, and the guy throws the ball first. GPS throws the ball for me. I go run and get it. You know, supposed to sprint down, sprint back. So I sprint and get the ball, and I come back, right? I can do this. I get back. He says, okay, we're at, you know, so many push-ups. Okay, great. So I start trying to do push-ups and just start failing miserably. Uh, He's going and chasing the ball. He comes back. He says, where are you at? And I said, I don't know. He says, what do you mean you don't know? I said, I can't can't count. I can't think. He's like, okay, here's where we're at. We're going to keep going. The guy totally picked me up the whole way through. I mean, we know this now is picking up the six, right? At the time, I had no idea what this was. I, I was separated from my friend. I didn't know anybody that was there. I was absolutely gassed. And there's this dude that I've never met before saying, all right, okay, now we're on to sit-ups. You know, you, you knock out 20 of them. He, he, he goes and gets the ball, comes back, and he says, okay. He starts doing his rep. I go and get the ball. 
I come back. He goes, okay, now you just got to do five. We're down to five. And totally picked me up all the way through. It was one of the more, I mean, it was the most memorable beatdown that I think I've, I've had. I've, there's about three of them that really stick out in my mind. Um, the first one I don't think you'll ever forget. Spoiler alert, I'm going to plan to replicate that on my, uh, on my <laughs> one year, I think, as, as most traditions are. So bus stop was a great cue, um, but really, you know, the, the fact that GPS, again, a guy that I didn't know, stuck with me, kept me going, it kept me from just walking away. It was great. It was great. It was a Thursday. I had enough time to go home and die, apparently, recover. And by Tuesday, the next time they were they were posting at the bear pit, I was ready to go. So I hit Tuesdays, Thursdays after that. I guess I haven't looked back. So so really it sounds like you probably weren't in the best shape when you when you started F three. No, not at all. And but the what kept you coming back was somebody picking up the six and the the fellowship and that type of thing. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the at the time, uh, my daughter was swimming. It was uh, still kind of mid COVID. It was cold, and so we weren't at any of the outdoor pools. They they got a a deal with um, Lifetime Fitness in Frontenac super nice facility. Um, she was swimming at the time. Parent had to stay on campus. And so you're not going to not work out at a multi-million dollar gym, uh, you know, while you're already there paying for her to, to swim and whatnot. Uh, so I was doing some treadmill work. I finally pushed my way through all the guys standing in front of the mirror and, and throw some weight around. And so um, I had a place that I could go work out. Played football in high school. I, I pl- played a little bit of basketball. Like I know how to do things, right? I, if I wanted to be in better f- and a better fitness, I, I could be, and I and I was trying to do that. But after that first post, something stuck, and it was just completely different. It was it was totally the second F that got me, and I don't know that I went back to the gym after that. I would drop her off for swim, or or, or my wife started rotating and taking her to swim, and and she would use the the facilities because. I was doing stuff in the morning with the guys. Yeah, that that's awesome. That is so cool. So you started uh, early spring, uh, late winter, early spring. I guess it would be early spring. And then not too long after you started, you participated in Grow Ruck, <laughs> which is pretty incredible to think about because uh, Grow Ruck, uh, you know, about a 15, 16-hour event. And what are your – why did you want to do Grow Ruck and what are your memories of Grow Ruck? Um, I didn't want to do Grow Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, the guys had talked about, uh, had been promoting this Grow Rock thing. Uh, I looked into it because, like anything, like, oh, what's, what's this all about? Read uh, a little bit on what a Grow Rock was or ru- what rucking was um, and said, no, nah, not, not for me. Um, looked into the weekend, uh, you know, King Builder, great. Um, grow school perfect you know why why not go you know pay the 50 bucks or whatever it was sit through class be with the guys after after king builder um pick up some leadership skills uh along the way and then uh wish everybody a a merry rest of the night right go home spend time with the family kids don't worry about carrying 60 something pounds around on your back uh for for whatever reason um so I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it. I, I wasn't signed up. I'd signed up for the grow school. I don't know if it was. So you were a day of decision? I committed, 
probably mentally I committed as soon as my phone rang that Friday morning and, and Rhonda's name came up on my caller ID. That's amazing. Uh, I officially took a spot uh, that Slacker had uh, paid for. Was he? It was his spot. He was ready to go. He had a family emergency come up. They said, we totally understand. Um, we'll issue a full refund, you know, and we'll, we'll catch you on the next one. And he said, nope. He said, you're not going issue to me, issue me a refund. You're going to find somebody else to take my spot. And um, I don't know if it was silly or not, but the, a couple of days before I had posted something that rang true in a COT that about leadership. And I said, Hey, for all you guys doing grow rock this weekend, here's a little food for thought. You weren't, you know, not all of you were in our circle of trust today. Here's what pusher said. Um, go get them boys. Right. And, uh, that was fresh on, on some guys' minds, I guess. And so when the opportunity came up to, to find somebody to fill Slacker's spot, like I say, my phone rang Friday morning, uh, I didn't have Rhonda's phone in my uh, phone number in my phone, and it came up with his with his hospital name, you know, from the from the AT and T telling me who was calling, and I thought, oh man, I said I I know who this is, I know why he's calling, and I guess I got to find a rucksack. So we talked through it. Um, there were some guys that that supported me, uh, and there was guys that that believed in me on the front end that I didn't believe that I could do it. Um, but they told me over and over and over again that I could. And so signed up and walked my first rucking steps <laughs> with a fully loaded rucksack on from the parking lot up to that soccer field uh, Saturday afternoon or evening. That is absolutely incredible. So I remember reading after you did Grow Ruck, you, you posted that you did something where you, you wrote names of um, different guys on your arm. If you can kind of talk about that and what significance that had and why you did that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> to, to say I was scared of S-less going into this, uh, once I said, yeah, I'll do it, all of a sudden uh, my immediate thought was, what did you just do? Why, why are why did you say yes? You could have just said, no, I'll do the grow school and, and, and go. But there were guys that, that believed in me. And so on, on my left arm with a, with a Sharpie, actually I had my wife write on my left arm because I'm left-handed and it was going to look like, look like crap if I wrote it with my right hand. Uh, I had her write her name and uh, the name of my three kids. I thought at the time that I wanted to do this and go through with this commitment for them, you know, to, to make myself a better person, a better father, uh, a better husband, and really to do this event for them. But then on my right arm, I wrote down the names of guys like Slacker, Rhonda, GMO, um, Waterworks, Bus Stop, Misfire, Beans. Um, I couldn't fit everybody from the bear pit on there, so I just wrote the bear pit um, on my right arm. And because I knew that I was up against some physical um, demands in this, I'd, I'd read a couple of back blasts on the on grow rucks and thought, man, I don't know that that you can physically do this mentally. Maybe you can get through some of the, the issues and, and overnight and stuff like that. But the physical demands I was I was worried about. And so my thought was. At some point, you're going to find yourself face down in the mud on your hands and knees, on your elbows. And what I wanted was those guys' names uh, looking me back in the face and, and telling me 
reminding me that they believed in me and that I could do this and that I could get back up and do whatever I needed to do. Those guys got me through that night. That is that is amazing. Very, very powerful. Was there was there any point where you you really you know what was there any point where you really just needed to take a look at, at your left arm and your right arm and say, look, I, I need that something to help push me through it? Was there was there a moment or two when when you needed to do that? Yeah, yeah, there there was. And and I found a, a moment of clarity. Um, it was during the, the race portion. We they had given us these giant pallets and and we were told, look, this next part is a race. So get your stuff together, figure out how you're gonna do this. You have to move all these sandbags, all this extra weight, um, this huge pallet apparatus. And we've got uh, the longest length of the course left and you've got to get there first. I was going along. Um, I had guys in my platoon that were probably, some guys were six inches taller than I am. Um, there was a lot of guys that were taller than I was and we hadn't figured out how to carry the pallet to where I wasn't between two tall guys. Uh, and so I couldn't get it on my shoulder. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't hold it up with my hand very well. Um, and so I said, guys, I got to take a sandbag. And so I got back with the guys that were, that were running sandbags and, um, I, I got to a point and it was quiet. We were going through a neighborhood and they wouldn't let us talk. And so it got eerily quiet. This is 1 30, in the morning, something like that real real quiet and all i could hear was my my breath and my step i could see the guy next to me i could see the feet in front of me uh lit up with my red headlamp but i I got into a weird zone and and carrying the sandbag i had i had both arms up kind of by my ears and so i could see the sharpie on my on my left forearm that was facing me and i could see the, the names on my right forearm that were facing me and so I just focused on those names. I focused on my breathing. I focused on my steps. And I kept getting tapped for someone to take the sandbag from me. Like, okay, pass it off. It's, and I was in a weird zone. The, the weight went away and I, 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 I shrugged them off. I said, no, I, I got this. I'm, I'm gonna keep going. And it turned out later there was bridesmaid that was next to me that, that said, hey man, I tried to take that bag from you like five or six times. You wouldn't give it up. And it, they finally had to pick it up off of me um, just because I got into a weird zone. Uh, I was focused. Everything else just kind of went, went out. I focused on those names, those people, those relationships. And I started to believe that I could do it, that I could finish, and that I could, I could make some big changes in my life. What a powerful lesson you learned during that time in, in the dark when you couldn't talk, which I remember, which was tough. You know, because you couldn't, you couldn't ask somebody, "Hey, can I take that? Can can you take this? Whatever." But you had those names on your arms, and and that was pulling you through that difficult time. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, without it, without without those reminders, I don't know that I would have had the mental fortitude uh, to get myself through that. I think I would have been looking for a way out. Uh, yeah, I I credit those guys who, who believed in me ahead of time and told me, even when I said, you're wrong, Rhonda, beans, GMO, uh, I, I can't do this, no bus stop, you're crazy, pusher, you know, you guys have been rucking like, you know, all the time, catching up. Um, when, 
when Doodle um, had to had to do a medical drop at the very beginning, I thought, man, this guy rucks all the time. If 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 he's out, I'm out. I've, I, there's no way I could do it. Um, and so I, I got into my own head, and but luckily, I just was able to have those reminders in front of me, and, and it kept me going. So what was what's your biggest uh, takeaway from Grow Ruck, and why would you suggest? that uh, somebody who's listening to this uh, attempt to grow rock if they haven't done one? So w- what the guys told me who had done multiples of these was that your first grow ruck is for you, right? You're out to prove that you can do it. Um, you're out to, uh, to, to make sure that you are mentally tough enough, that you're physically fit enough uh, to perform these tasks and overcome these, these physical obstacles. Um, and then the guys that were there for their second one said, I'm not here for me, I'm here for you. Um, and so I think that's my takeaway is, is I have learned that as well, is that my first one, I had, I don't want to say selfish reasons, but they were reasons that I wanted to do the event, um, even at the last minute, that I wanted to overcome things. I wanted to push myself uh, mentally, physically, um, but now I, I know that really the only reason I did get through that was because there was a belief in me of these other guys. I found that belief in myself at some point. And so now I want to be that belief in the next guy that says, man, I, you know, I, I'm only doing two or three beat downs a week. Uh, I'm not nearly as physically fit as I want to be. I, I don't have the time. It's, it's a mental strain. It's a silly event. Um, it, it really is, I don't want to say the event changed my life, those guys and that realization that that, that belief in me was real and warranted, that's, what, that's what's really lit a fire. And that's what I want to share with, with everybody else is that, look, you, you can do this. Um, it is tough physically. It is tough mentally. But you're going to come out the other side better for it and uh, with a better belief in yourself because you were able to accomplish something. Yeah, and I, I think uh, that also carries over to just regular beatdowns where, you know, it, it, it makes makes yourself more likely to help pick up that six and bring a guy along, you know, maybe a new guy or somebody who's struggling through a beatdown. It's like, you know, look, you're, you're not going to be left alone. I got gotcha. you. Let's do this together, and, you know, we'll, we'll get it done. Yeah, and that's that's been my entire experience with F3. And that's, um, you know, uh, one of the things I keep going back to was from day one, from that first beatdown, some guy I didn't know picked me up and, and carried me through. Uh, and then that has continued, and now I want to pick that mantle up and, and continue to do that as well. That is awesome. That is That is fantastic. Well... Tarmac, I really appreciate your time. Um, it's been great uh, getting to know you, hearing your story. Appreciate you having me. Um, and yeah, I believe in you guys. And, um, you know, I want you to believe in yourselves. So get out there and get them. Wow. I would say no word was left behind in that great interview. What an amazing testimony of the power of F3. It can truly change your life and the trajectory of where you're headed. If you're an F3, make sure you're sharing this with others. If you're not an F3, we encourage you men to step out into the gloom and join us. It might be the adrenaline you need to make the necessary changes in your life. 
Look for another great interview next week with myself as I sit down with Bolton. You won't want to miss it. Until then, this has been Mark Gravisky, 37, Church Lady. See you in the gloom.